0: no other week. And that week has changed every week since then. It's the week that's the most significant week in human history, and we call it Holy Week. It begins with Jesus going into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, then the crucifixion of our Lord on Friday, but Sunday, Sunday morning, the resurrection, Jesus, an empty grave, victory over death. That's at the core of our faith. That's our passion this week. We are excited to abide with Jesus, and uh, we're glad to be together today. Thank you for taking time to join us. Uh, This is a highlight of my week. I hope it's a sweet time for you. We didn't expect to be in this situation where, you know, digitally we're together, but not in person. And I'm thankful for our facilities team that has this church cleaner than it's ever been before. Uh, We look forward to being together. Uh, It's going to happen. Let's be patient. Let's abide with Jesus. And let's also make the most of opportunities. This is a special time right now where God is doing some new things. We want to talk about that today. Uh, We are wrapping up a series, this series, uh, 10 weeks long. The concluding message today is called New Normals and we had no idea months ago in choosing this title that it would be so apropos, except I don't really say that word too often, it'd be so fitting in the situation that we're in right now with so many adjustments, so many pivots, so many new normals. And as we make those adjustments, we want to listen to God, follow Jesus together. Uh, Next week, we'll be starting a new series, Kicking It Off on Easter. We're going to go through the Gospel of Luke, different sections in the Gospel. So I encourage you, you could read ahead, read through the Gospel of Luke. And then also, here's the second thing you can do. Maybe you've never been in a life group. Life group is really the central part of our church where we stay connected in smaller groups. Sometimes it's 8, 10, 14 people, but we come together every week. Now, right now we're doing it digitally and it's online. You know, it's through Zoom. It's uh, creative ways we're coming together, but it's so important. And maybe you felt isolated. Maybe you felt insulated right now and you don't have the usual connection with other people. This is the best opportunity. And on that connecting card, if you check, join a life group, we will get you in a group in the next series because we're going to go through a study together that's powerful and transformative. So I encourage you to read the gospel of Luke. Also, just uh, even with an open prayer, say, God, do you want me? Is this the time to get connected in a life group? And as he guides you, if it's a yes, just check that box and we'll find a group that's going to work well for you. And as we pray together right now, uh, there's a verse that uh, we shared with our kids this week. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. I believe one Bible verse is so powerful, it can change your mindset, your attitude, it can bring hope. In Zephaniah chapter 3 17, we read, The Lord is with you. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. He is mighty to save. In a time like this, He is still strong. He is mighty. And the Lord takes delight in you. He likes to spend time with you. He likes to communicate with you. He likes to hear from you. And not only that, he quiets us with his love and he rejoices over us with singing. And I highlight that verse to let you know you are not alone. You are loved and just receive that love from the Lord. Let's pray together. Father God, in your presence, we thank you for your presence. In your presence, there's joy. We praise you today. God, in our weakness, there's your strength. And we feel your strength, God, even in our weakness. Father, in times of distractions and even peril, we rely on you. We look to you, God, and we find your hope and we find your peace. And our hearts are open, our minds as well, to receive from you today, God. As we get into your words, we walk together. We trust that you're going to do great things in this difficult time. And we will give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus leads his followers into new normals. And you see this throughout the Bible. There are so many new things that God is doing. We you know when you put your trust in Jesus, you have a new spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. The rest of your life, the Holy Spirit is there. And God gives you a new heart and he gives you new love and a new attitude, and a new vision, and a new purpose, and it's part of a new covenant. It's this new grace and new mercy, and not only that, but one day you're going to receive a new body in heaven, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. God says, look at all the new things I'm doing. God does amazing new things in our lives every single day, And yet we also face circumstances that are difficult. And when you think about new normals right now, this is not a situation we saw coming or we planned. None of us have been through this before. So we're looking to God. God, what are the new things that you're doing in our lives together at this time? And we're gonna go back today to uh, Jesus when he was on the earth and look at this healthy group, 12 disciples. They had flaws, they had weaknesses like us, but Jesus was leading them into health And as we look at how Jesus led them into new normals then, I believe Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is leading us into similar new normals today. We're going to highlight three new normals that I think are encouraging, even in the most dark time. These are three new normals that God is bringing us into that are good. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 10. If you have a Bible, please turn to Matthew chapter 10. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to find one online, order one, NIV study Bible, life application Bible. And you might consider this week who you can send a Bible to because God's word is our food. It nourishes our souls and we need God's word. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, read through the whole chapter this week, but I want to highlight some different verses with these three new normals. The first new normal is more focused on Jesus and his mission. More focused on Jesus and his mission, really a singular focus. That's what he's instilling into his followers. Now, Matthew chapter 10, starting in verse 1, we read, He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip, and Bartholomew. Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus. Simon, the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions jesus calls all of us and called them into closeness with him this relationship to be with him and then he's going to give them an assignment a mission just like he gives us a mission we read in verse 24 a student is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master so our goal is to abide with jesus to be like him uh, then to live for him just like our master our role is to follow our leader jesus and live like Jesus. That's what Jesus lays out as the calling. And then in verse 32, Jesus says, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. In other words, go public and make sure your deepest loyalty is to Jesus, even more than your job, your preferences, your family. Great loyalty to Jesus, going public with our faith then and now. And then there's one more part of the mission, he says in verse 42, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Jesus is saying that everything matters. Everything we do matters, even a cup of cold water. What does that mean? Is it a literal cup of cold water? It could be, sometimes, but it's when you meet someone's need. It's when you bring refreshment. In our context right now, I would say it's every single text that you send to encourage someone. It's every email. It's every Zoom meetup. And it could be a video that you send or a message on Facebook. It's every bit of encouragement that you bring right now. Jesus sees it. He is going to support you in that. It's part of your calling right now. Let's be faithful to him. And you think about all the different ways this happens. And it can be so creative. You know, right now I see that people drop by. Of course, social distancing is honored, but they'll drop by at someone's house, some food, a note, uh, even toilet paper. I mean, who knew that uh, there was going to be such a desire for more toilet paper that we would be dropping off toilet paper at one another's houses, and that wouldn't be weird. That would actually be helpful or well-received. I mean, that's the situation. Things are turned upside down right now. I see other people getting creative a cup of cold water by writing letters. And these letters are going to uh, convalescent centers, these letters are going to care centers where people have died, where people are sick, and they're writing personal letters to encourage the staff and the people there, the residents there. And then I heard this week about one mom who has now put together 300 masks that will be distributed. And her daughter is with her, and her daughter writes down notes with the masks and also includes Bible verses as well. And you think about uh, closeness to Jesus leads to clarity. And it leads to a compelling love and serving other people. That was true with the 12. That's true of every group of followers of Jesus, that God guides us in that direction in new normals, new creative, resourceful ways that we can glorify him. When Jesus gathered these 12, they really were everyday people. Uh, So don't think like you've got to go to seminary, you've got to, you know, study for 20 years before God could really use you. No, when you're available to God, God will take over. And these 12, they were ordinary, but look how God used them. He used them not in their workplace. Many of them were fishermen. That's not where God used them. It was beyond their job. It was beyond their comfort zone. And it wasn't with people they knew already, it was with people they didn't know well or had never met. And I believe God will use you beyond your job, beyond your comfort zone and in the lives of people that you never thought that you would play an influential role or be a positive uh, impact uh, in their lives, trust God and he will guide you into these new relationships and some new normals. And I want to share with you a diagram, I think, that gives us a visual that's helpful. Take a look here. Now notice we have the access of invitation And think about Jesus. High invitation, low invitation. And then the other access we have high challenge and low challenge. Let's take a look at these four quadrants. On the bottom left quadrant, we really have a a wandering, all right? A wandering away. Jesus said they're like sheep without a shepherd. When there's no invitation and there's no challenge, people just do their own things. They do whatever they want to do and they're kind of wandering spiritually and sometimes wandering in life. I know that. I spent a lot of time in that quadrant. And then look at the upper left quadrant, we see cozy and comfortable. In other words, there's a lot of relationship, there's a lot of invitation, but there's not a lot of purpose and really living for the Lord. And the result is very cozy, very comfortable. I think before this virus, you could see the condition in a lot of churches of America, followers of Jesus, very cozy and very comfortable. And sometimes we don't want to leave this quadrant. We just want to stay there because it's so comfortable. Now take a look at the lower right quadrant here. Now this is one where there's a high challenge, but low connection, low relationship. And I think a lot of people are feeling not as connected right now because of the restrictions. And there's also a lot of challenges and people can get discouraged. They can feel isolated and they can feel burnout. But here's where Jesus is leading his followers— And it's a place of connection. It's a place of breakthrough. It's empowered. And there's a high invitation to come into relationship with Him. And then there's also a high challenge. He doesn't lower that bar. The challenge is high, it's going to lead to reliance, but it's both connection and challenge. And that's the place where we want to be. And I believe that during this time, there's a lot of people making a shift to that. Just like in Matthew 10, they were making the same shift. And I believe right now there's a lot of people making the shift saying, I don't want to wander. I'm not content just being comfortable. That's not satisfying ultimately when I just live in for myself. I'm not really using my gifts. I don't want to be discouraged and not connected. I want the breakthrough. I want to live for the Lord like I've never done it before, a singular focus. Would you let God do that in your life? Would you let God do that in your heart, your spirit right now? Some new normals and make that shift, just like we read that Jesus is doing in Matthew chapter 10. Let's say yes to the Lord in this way together. Let's do this. And that's the first new normal. The second new normal is not one that they signed up for, and it's not one that we look forward to, but it's more hardships and obstacles. And the hardships are real, and the obstacles are more than they anticipated. And maybe you're going through some obstacles, and it's more than you anticipated right now. And I think there's a, sadly, there's a false promise of ease that is brought out through different messages and even teachers and pastors. They give a false promise of ease in terms of following Jesus. And I'll tell you, that's not biblical, it's not helpful. And then this is what happens when the trouble comes in life. We live in a fallen world and there's tragedy and there's trials. And when those come, a lot of people say, wait a second, these aren't my expectations. This is not what I thought I would get when I followed Jesus. And then there's disillusioned people who will start to walk away from God and say, well, the Bible's not true. The Bible doesn't say it's just going to be a cakewalk through it, but instead there's going to be challenges. And sometimes these challenges are just going to remind us that they're more than what we can handle alone and how much we need God. And those challenges right there also remind us, let's live a life where we cultivate habits. Even before the massive challenges come, let's cultivate habits of spending time in God's Word. Let's cultivate habits of prayer and fasting. Let's cultivate habits of loving our neighbor. And let's cultivate the habits of sharing our faith. Because when we live in that way and abide with Jesus in that way, there's going to be great fruit. And even when the trials get bigger, sometimes the fruit will be greater because we're staying and cultivating those vital habits. Now, what does Jesus say to the 12? And this is going back to Matthew chapter 10. Take a look at verse 9. Jesus gives them kind of a preview that some challenges are coming. He says, do not take along any gold or silver or copper in your belts. Take no bag for the journey or extra tunic or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. In other words, they're not going to have all the extras that they're used to. And right now we feel like there's a lot of extras that we enjoy that we don't get to have right now. And it was kind of lean. They were traveling light. And then Jesus says, it gets more intense, verse 17, Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and they will flog you. And that was a beating that was close to death and some of them are going to be killed. He says, they will flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and all Gentiles. There's going to be a lot of persecution for those early followers of Jesus. And then we also read in verse 28, Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. There's going to be a lot of martyrs. But do not fear those people who can kill you. Do not give fear a foothold in your life. Do not give fear a stronghold in your life. When you hear about reports and threats are real, don't give fear a lot of power. Instead, faith. He says, those people, they cannot kill the soul. Rather, honor, respect, be afraid of the one God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then he comforts and he says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are numbered. So do not be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Uh, That is a little weird when a bald man reads about hair on the head. He knows the number of hairs on my arm, is how I'm going to read that. Uh, What God's saying is that he knows you so well, he cares for you, you're valuable, and even if you die, he's got you covered, he's got things set up for you. And that was the instruction. I mean, that's kind of, that's a somber message right there, but it's a real message, and Jesus is real, he's truthful about what the disciples are going to face, and they're trying to figure out how do they cope through these difficulties, and we try to figure out how do we handle the difficulties in our lives right now. And you might be noticing a wide range of responses, and one thing I've noticed is that people are trying to keep a sense of humor, and trying to keep a sense of humor is a good thing. Uh, Here's a couple pictures I received. Uh, One of them, this is the Quarantator, and you know, all of us are trying to get creative with meals right now. It's like, okay, what do we make next? What do we eat next? And sometimes you just feel like there's nothing left. Just pick up a baked potato, throw some cheese on it. Anything with cheese is going to taste good. That's my opinion. And then that quarantator, that, that's really a prefix. That's, you know, quorum pizza, quorum burger. I, I just hear that all the time. Hey, look at this next one. Uh, we've got, maybe you can relate. I'm going to own up to this. Zoom meeting only, audio only. That's right, you're chilling. Bad, bad hair day, whatever going on. Clothes, whatever you're doing. Pajamas. Oh, we're doing this with video? Okay, okay, let me get ready for that. And then check out the look. That's smooth right there. That's smooth. So a uh, big difference. And, and that's why I'm asking these days, oh, is this video or is this just a call? Just a call? Okay, let's do that. Uh, choices. And then here's another one. I'm going to the store. Do you want anything? And I mean, you got to play it safe these days. It's good to play it safe. And it feels weird. I was wearing gloves to the store the other day. It's was just like, oh, this feels strange. But yeah, look at that, uh, going to the store, uh, we've got to be prayerful. But you know, people are all kinds of clever memes, and I'd say it's a good thing to laugh. It's a, don't lose your sense of humor. You know, we have a lot of funerals at church, and this is what I notice. Like we cry, we pray, and we laugh, and there's stories, and we just laugh. So let's not take ourselves too seriously. Let's not fear, get a stranglehold over our sense of humor. It's okay to laugh. Be appropriate, but it's okay to laugh more than laughing though it's praying it's praying i believe that's a primary right now primary response is prayer it was for the disciples it is for us take a look at this research that's being done and check out what's happening you see the rise in prayer intensity it supersedes what the world has seen for years And uh, yes, we checked out, supersedes can be with an S or a C, so you don't need to put that in the chat box. I think that spelling's all right. There's some options. But the important part is the graph. And look what's happening right now across the world. There's research done that in 75 countries, there's a prayer spike. That prayer, the searches for prayer, and people signing up for prayer right now, it's taking off 24-7 prayer. It's just filling up and filling up and filling up around the world. People are saying, we need to pray. We need to seek God. We need to cry cry out to God. Even in countries where there typically isn't a lot of faith or response around faith, places like Denmark, there's this spike in prayer. And it's consistent around the world. They're saying that after every, an additional 80,000 cases of the virus, the prayer doubles again. And it doubles again. And it doubles again. We're crying out to God together. We're relying on God. And the more difficult the situation gets, the more reliance on God. That's the pattern in Bible that's so healthy. Uh, I, I also uh, want us to think about this metaphor an elevator. You know, when trials come, we're going to change. There's going to be new normals. When you get in an elevator, you don't stay the same. But I encourage you to push those buttons about going up. Let's rise up in terms of our character, our connection. Even though we can't be together, our relationships can grow. Let's, let's rise up becoming more like Christ with a compelling vision, with compassion, and sharing our story. Let's rise up during this time. I believe trials become the fuel for becoming more like Christ in the change that God wants to bring in our lives. Uh, here's a perspective from Colossians chapter 3. Verses 9 and 10, "...do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator, becoming more like Christ during this time." Taking off the old self, putting on the new self, that includes attitude. Attitude. And I'll tell you, attitude's a choice. No situation can force you to have a certain attitude. Attitude's a hundred percent choice. I'll tell you, when you take off the old self, cultivating habits, put on the new self, your attitude can be golden. Your attitude can be encouraging. Your attitude can give life to the people around you, but you've got to take off your old self. Don't let the enemy work there. Move forward and choose an attitude that honors the Lord, and he will help you to do that. I was noticing online there's something that went viral, but it was inaccurate. It was a quote that was linked to C.S. Lewis in 1942, but C.S. Lewis did not write this. So that's a reminder to keep checking facts as you see things on the internet these days. But C.S. Lewis did write a book, and it's a great book, Screwtape Letters, that gives you insights into, the Bible talks about the schemes of the devil and what the devil's trying to do. And that book is revealing And along the same spirit, this was, and I think this is an interesting perspective, and that's why I share it with you. Uh, What is the devil doing? I will cause anxiety, fear, and panic. I will shut down business, schools, places of worship, and sports events. I will cause economic turmoil. Okay, what is God doing? I will bring together neighbors, restore the family unit. I will bring dinner back to the kitchen table. I will help people slow down their lives and appreciate what really matters. I will teach my children to rely on me and not the world. I will teach my children to trust me and not their money or material resources. And I like That Because it's a reminder to run with the positives right now, the new normals. And maybe it's more solitude and listening to God. Maybe it's a stronger connection with family. Maybe it's a redirection in in ways that God is guiding you. Run with those positive new normals. And I also think back to something that really happened in uh, the 1500s, 1527. There was the bubonic plague. And, you know, as that happened, Martin Luther... Uh, known, of course, with the Reformation. You know, scripture alone, faith alone, Christ alone. But what isn't known about him is his reaction to the plague. Now, the plague had a very high level of mortality. Uh, Death rates were skyrocketing. You had fever. You had boils. And there was a lot of advice to, you know, get out of the way. Don't be around people who could spread it? Don't be in those dangerous places. Similar advice to today. They would say disinfect your home, uh, stay safe. If you need help from the hospital, receive that. So a lot of parallels to our situation. And it was it was fine to flee. It was fine to leave. That was one option. A lot of people were doing that. It's not like that's a sin. But Martin Luther and his wife, uh, they had a different response. And this was uh, their response. You know, they said doctors and nurses. They're on the front lines, but we all have a role to play and we all have a responsibility with our families and with our communities. And he and his wife, Katerina, they made a decision to open up their home and care for people who had the bubonic plague. What a decision. What a risk. And he explains it like this. He says, we are bound to each other in such a way that no one may forsake the other in his distress, but is obligated to assist and help him as he himself would like to be helped. Now, that does not mean you need to open your home. Uh, A lot of people then, they were choosing safety. Safety is a wise choice, all right? That's affirmed. But there's people who are going to go towards the danger. And think of doctors, physicians, nurses right now. Think of people who are working at grocery stores right now. People that are putting themselves in harm's way to serve. And that's also a calling. You just have to listen to the Lord. But for Martin Luther and his wife, Catalina, they opened up their home and they took those risks. And I like the mindset that even when hardships come, we're going to draw close to Jesus, listen to him. And because you know what? From the beginning, following Jesus, you know what the context was? They were the minority. They were misunderstood. They were mistreated. They were persecuted. There were threats. There was danger all around, that was the normal context of following Jesus. For the original followers, for the early church, and the book of Acts, that was the normal. And we're getting a bigger taste of some of that right now. It's a new normal for us. I'll tell you, you read the Bible, it's crisis, 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 crisis. That's the context. And so let's trust the Lord. Let's listen to the Lord. And when Trials increase, let's increase our reliance on the Lord. That was for the 12, and that's for us today. When you think about these new normals, it's more focused on Jesus and his mission. More reliance on God during uh, times of trials. And then here's the last one, and it's uh, more people will be reached. More people will be reached. It's true then, it's true now. In Matthew chapter 10, look at verse 7 says, the kingdom of heaven is near, and as you go, preach the message. That's the theme of the book of the Gospel of Matthew. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is near. And then also in verse 11, Jesus says, whatever town or village you enter, search for some worthy person there and stay at his house until you leave. In other words, a person of peace. Sometimes you just find one person that's hungry for Jesus. One person that's open to hear the gospel. And that's where they would start. And then verse 19 Jesus says this, When they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how you will say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Holy Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And the Holy Spirit helps us. And we uh, are bold because of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 26, Do not be afraid of them. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Listen, what I tell you in the dark, speak it in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim it from the roofs. When the situation and the crisis grew, more people were reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I believe that for our time right now. Uh, When you think about who did Jesus go to? Jesus went to the rebellious. He went to tax collectors. He went to prostitutes. Who else did Jesus go to? Jesus went to people who were overlooked. In that culture, sadly, children were overlooked. Women were overlooked. People with leprosy. The demoniacs were overlooked. People that didn't have a lot of money were overlooked. Jesus went to them. And Jesus went to the people who were despised. Back then it was the Samaritans. It was the Gentiles. Jesus would go to the people who were rebellious, who were overlooked, despised. He would go and he would bring the good news. And they would receive and they would follow him. I believe uh, there's some shifts right now and they're important to notice A lot of times in churches, we have the message, come to us, which is good. It's an invitation. But we can't say, come to us right now. So I believe the followers of Jesus, it's go to where people are, serve people, and love people. It's a shift. Instead of come, come, come to us, no, we're going to go to where people are. I believe the shift right now is instead of being centralized around a building or one hour a week or one day a week, I believe there's a decentralization happening. And instead of gathering in the same way, we're more scattered. And the church always gathers and scatters. But right now we're scattered. In the places where we live, work, learn, or play, it's a 24-7 relationship with Jesus. That's happening right now. And I'll tell you, around the world right now, there's a hunger growing. People are hurting. People are asking Profound questions, people asking honest questions, people are wondering about Jesus. And I believe the body of Christ is seeing this and is finding their voice and is speaking up courageously. We're seeing this right now in the middle of the crisis. And what can we do? What can we do? God is pouring out new wine. And when there's new wine, there's got to be new wineskins. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 9. He said, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. What is this new wine? People didn't understand when Jesus came on the earth. What is he doing? What is he bringing that's new? How is he moving in a way that's so different? Okay, Jesus is doing things right now and we want to move forward with Jesus. New wine and new wineskins. Here's three things I think that you can do. Uh, The first one, in terms of loving your neighbor. You might have a conversation with your neighbor with social distancing, but I believe there's an opportunity now to gather with neighbors through Zoom, a digital meetup, and it could be that someone's not literally on your block. It could be some other people. But I believe that gathering is powerful. I know a lot of people who are inviting, saying virtual meetup, let's get together. And then the conversations that are happening are deeper than ever before, more honest, more transparent, more caring, more kindness. And we need that right now. So consider loving your neighbor in a way where you're intentional like Jesus. Go to where people are and say, let's have a meetup. Let's get together. Let's just hang out, Zoom, whatever your preferred method is, but let's do that. Let's love our neighbor in new ways. Here's the second one. Uh, would you consider, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, to be a digital missionary during these times? And if you're watching and you're not following Jesus, you know, uh, this is simply uh, people sharing the love of Jesus in a new way. And I'm so honored. If you don't know the Lord and you're just checking this out, thank you uh, for taking time And uh, we want to continue to connect with you and see what questions you have and help you grow in seeing who Jesus is and his greatness. Not who we think he is sometimes, but who he is. And if you know Jesus, a digital missionary, here's an opportunity. I'm talking uh, about churches right now that usually have 100 or 200 people come in the building on a weekend. And you know what? Through their services online, they're reaching 8,000 people. Heard that this week. There's a church in America last week that reached 4.5 million people. You say, how is this happening? Because followers of Jesus are doing a couple things. They're sharing content. They're inviting people to watch online services. They're having watch parties on Facebook. If you don't know how to do this stuff, I encourage you to check it out. Maybe it's a time where you're going to jump on social media and start sharing some good news. And there's an opportunity right now for our church. We're thrilled that we're connecting with people not just around the sound, but around the nation and around the nations right now. And why? Because God's given us this technology. And ultimately, when you lift Jesus up, whether it's digitally or in person, in person's better, people are drawn to Jesus. So consider your opportunities this week to share, to invite, to have watch parties. in Easter service next weekend A Saturday night at 5, Sunday 7.30, 9, 10.45, and 12. And then here's the third way, and this is unique. This is something fresh. We didn't plan this uh, a month ago, and this is uh, the opportunity. It's to share your story. And you can use the hashtag, Jesus Changed My Life. That's the theme. I mean, Those are four powerful words, Jesus Changed My Life. And you can simply, on your phone, two minutes, share your story. Do it in a way that's authentic, personal. And as you do that, we're going to put that on our own social media pages this week. And as a church, we're going to do it. I'm praying that over 500 people in our church would do that. Share your story. Share your story with other people. And do you know that in Auburn this week— Uh, 10 pastors said, yes, we're going to do this too. So all around Auburn this week, people are going to be sharing their stories and it's going to reach maybe the majority of our city. Not only that, but around the Sound, there's dozens of pastors that are leading their churches to do this. And it's not just in the Sound. I mean, LA is where uh, this originated. And then uh, we're hearing Boise's in. I've been talking to pastors around the country this week. I believe, um, you know, Mark Sayer said, it could be that there's a revival and it's crowdsourced. I mean, it's digital. But you know what's happening? People are sharing their stories this week. And when you share your story, uh, people get a glimpse. Okay, maybe they know what you believe, but they don't know why. And what journey have you been on? What pain and what difference does Jesus make in your life? So let's do this together. Incredible opportunities. It's new wine and new wineskins. And uh, just to review these three new normals, Let's give Jesus our focus, maybe a singular focus on Him more than it's ever been before. Let's rely on Him as trials that we didn't expect start to pile up and go longer than we anticipated. And then also, let's reach more people with the message of hope, the message that Jesus died for our sins, His grace, and He's risen. There's a phrase in the Bible for such a time as this, and it's in the book of Esther, and I believe it fits for today. For such a time as this means God has now positioned you. He, given the the context, and it's not an easy context, God is about to do something amazing and he's going to, in Esther's day, he was going to save many lives. And today, he wants to save people from their sins and for eternity, bring them into his family, forgiveness and hope and peace. Everything that Jesus brings for such a time is this. Let's say yes to the Lord in some of these new normals. Let's abide and trust Jesus. I'm going to invite the the praise team to come up and uh, if you have any prayer requests, please write those down. It could be in the comments. If you're on Facebook right now, Facebook Live. If you're watching on our website or YouTube, uh, just leave those comments below, any prayer requests. And we are honored to pray for you this week. And uh, right now in this song, we're giving praise to the Lord. We're not going to hold back our praise for Jesus. And I encourage you to worship right now. Don't just watch the team up here play instruments and spend your time with Jesus right now. Uh, Say yes to some of these new normals. Uh, Maybe it's yes to putting your trust in Jesus for the first time. Maybe it's yes to baptism. Yes to getting in a life group. Yes to sharing your story this week. Uh, Let's follow the Lord and he will guide us. His leadership is good. Let's give him praise together.